So this morning, we're going to be beginning a new series. It's called Pivotal. Uh, we believe that there are pivotal moments in our lives when our success spiritually and our growth spiritually really can take a huge leap forward. You know, those pivotal moments where success is defined. That, you know, you go to school. I don't know if you're in school and you go to school and, and you go to class and you learn. Hopefully you're learning, right? Maybe you're not learning, but you go to class. And, you know, each of those regular days, you're just in class, things happen, and then comes test day right? And test day is a pivotal day. That, that does a lot. You can leap forward on test day. You kind of coast all the rest of the time, but if you get an A on the test, you're like, ha-ha, right? You go to class, every class, and take all the notes and do all the things. You fail the test, right? Doesn't, doesn't really matter. That becomes a big day. You know, maybe you're in a relationship, and you're dating, and, and you're, you're growing in the relationship. You come to that day, and you propose to her, Right? If she says no on that day, like it's really hard to recover from that, isn't it? It's like, oh man, we've been dating and you've like visualized yourself with like, and you can't see us married and that becomes kind of a pivotal day, right? Or she says yes and boom, everything changes, right? Well, spiritually, you know, we go through life and we go through day by day and, and hopefully we're growing closer to, the God, to God and some days, some days we have better days with God and some days we have less good days with God, yes? Yeah, okay. I mean, somebody just sitting there silently like, no, you know, every day with me, I'm just, you know, glory to glory. <laughs> but, you know, we have good days with God and we have days that aren't great with God, but we believe that some days are pivotal days, right? Where God comes in and we have an opportunity to, to, to leap forward spiritually with the Lord. And we want to be prepared for those days. We want to be prepared. When I arrive at a pivotal day with God and I have an opportunity to really leap forward, what does that look like? What am I looking for? How do I get ready for that day? And you look behind me and you see this Pac-Man graphic. And you say to yourself, why? <laughs> because to me, Pac-Man is a great metaphor for life. I just go through and each day I'm just trying to chomp the little things, right? Just chomp the little tasks, chomp the little tasks. Sometimes there's a pivotal time when I can grab one of those big dots and then I can conquer something and I can defeat a challenge. And there come also pivotal moments when I have to decide whether I'm going to pull on that single little joystick, right? Yes? Anybody grow up when I grew up and you had that little joystick on that Atari and you had to decide whether you were going to pull to the right or the left or up or down and not get pinned in the corner with two ghosts coming at you, right? And man, I mean, I've played Destiny and Fortnite and League, but nothing says to me pivotal moment like Pac-Man. Pac-Man, I can get caught there and I'm like, oh no, you know, and it's so sad when you see the ghosts closing in on you and they're going to get you, Right? So that's why we have Pac-Man, and uh, hopefully you think about Pac-Man, you think about those pivotal moments that we're going to talk about. Now this morning, as we begin talking about our first pivotal moment, we've got to do something that we do sometimes, okay? And if it's your first Sunday here, we don't do this every time, but we have to read the whole New Testament. Sometimes we have a scripture, and uh, we kind of dive into that, but sometimes we need to see a pattern in the scriptures, and I don't want to just tell you there's a pattern. I want to show you the pattern. I think that you need to see it for yourself, and I, I've limited this to just seven scriptures, okay? <sighs> I could have done a whole lot more because I think it's a pattern throughout the Bible. It's not just in the New Testament, but it's in the Old Testament, but I want us to see this, so we're going to begin, and we're going to read uh, some scriptures together, okay? So it's best if you just jump on the screens because it's going to be hard for you to, to follow along anywhere on your phone or, or in, your, in your Bible. So, so let's look at Luke chapter 5, starting Luke chapter 5, verses 3 through 7. It says this, Jesus got into one of the boats 
the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Then in John chapter 5, verses 6 through 9, it says this, When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. Luke chapter 17, verses 12 through 14. As Jesus was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Mark chapter 13 and verse 11. Whenever... You are arrested and brought to trial. Do not worry beforehand what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8, verses 29 through 38. This is a long one. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was slaughtered like a sheep. He was led to, like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Amen. And then John chapter 9 verses 6 through 7. After saying this, Jesus spit on the ground and made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Let's pray together. Father, we rejoice in your presence this morning. God, what a great opportunity it is to be with your people on your day and to lift you up in this place. God, we magnify you. We confess that we need you. Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would take this message that you put in my heart, God, and that you would help me to communicate it clearly. God, that you would uh, open your word to us, God. We know that your word does not return void, but it is powerful and has the power to change us. God, just continue to work in our lives, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. You know, as I've gotten older, I've, I've really begun to appreciate the value of, of a good listener. 
you know, I have for much of my life not been a very good listener, and I'm trying to get better. Uh, but, you know, I, I understand the value of listening, but I find myself so often when I'm listening to other people talk, I'm listening to respond. I'm listening because I want to say something funny I, to make them laugh and, and maybe make myself look clever. I'm listening because maybe I want, you know, to tell my story that's a little bit better than their story. Uh, you know, I'm listening uh, in that moment, and, and I, I've discovered, though, the power of listening because I've been around people. I've been around people who listened to me. And, and just like when, I've, when, when they listened to me, I just saw how powerful it was and how much like it opened me up and how much I enjoyed the experience. And I hope that you've had that experience, right? I hope that somewhere along the way you've encountered somebody or hopefully some more people that, that were really good listeners. Maybe you had a parent and that parent didn't dismiss what you said just because you were a kid, but they, they really listened to you. And, and, you know, I, I've had teachers, and I hope that you've had teachers that really listened to you. They weren't so caught up in just putting, giving you the information and downloading and moving on, but they listened to your ideas, and they let you explore, and they opened you up. I hope you have a friend in your life who is a good listener, not, not one who's looking to just one-up your stories, not one who's just not, not really tuned in, but somebody who really in your life just really listens, and they, they cry with you, they laugh with you, they, they, they track along with you, and they're willing to listen. I hope that somewhere in your life you've had a boss who would listen to you. Like, it's, it's so incredible, isn't it? I mean, I know if, if you've had that experience, it's so incredible. Because so many bosses just make us feel like a cog in the machine, right? It's like, if you can just hurry up and get out of my face, then I can move on to the other things that I have to do. But if, if a boss really listens to you, it just creates this space where ideas can kind of grow and, and, and become something, right? And just the power of that listening environment is so incredible. And, you know, our first pivotal moment is found in listening. It's found in listening to the Holy Spirit and listening with an eye toward obedience. You know, as we think about our ability to listen, we know that we find discerning the voice of Jesus to be one of the first and greatest challenges of being a follower of Jesus is the ability to listen and to discern the voice of God. You know, there are so many voices swirling around us. I, I don't know what it's like kind of where you are, and maybe you seek out silence, and I'm, I'm getting to that point where I'm seeking out silence a little bit more, but usually in my life, there's music in the background, and there's some kind of media somewhere, right? There's a, there's a TV on somewhere, there's a phone on somewhere, and a lot of times the somewhere is right here. And, uh, but, you know, there's all of those voices that are coming, and it becomes hard to listen. And even if I try to listen, it becomes hard to discern. You know, internally, there's the voice of our thoughts that are that are kind of constantly going and constantly rolling all around us. As soon as we start to do something, there's a voice of everyone that begins to speak into it and begin to talk about that thing that we're trying to do. And then we add into that the responsibility of trying to hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And it becomes a challenge. It becomes hard. And I just, I think one of the things I want to say to you is that it's hard for all of us. You know, we have this idea that that there's these super Christians out there, you know, that that they just are able to hear the voice of God so easily. But for all of us, it's a challenge. And for all of us, it takes a little bit of discipline to say, you know what, I'm going to push past and seek a way to quiet those other voices around me and really try to hear the voice of the Spirit speaking to me. And if that's not something that's on your radar and pretty much on your radar fairly constantly, 
then, then you won't hear the voice of God. If you don't try, do you sense that? I mean, do you know that that's true? I mean, I, again, I, I'm not everywhere you are. I'm not walking. I, I can only imagine, and I can only speak from, where, from my life experience, but my life experience is that there is constant noise and constant people trying to speak and constantly trying to get in, whether it's ads everywhere, right, or whether it's, uh, you know, people that need things and stuff that happens and whatever's going on around us, there's voices that are pressing in, and we have to try and discipline ourselves because the Scripture says that the Holy Spirit always speaks in a still, small voice. He doesn't overpower us. He doesn't demand, but he speaks in a still, small voice to direct us and to guide us. And if we're not intentional about trying to hear his voice, then we won't hear it. You know, there's there's something that I think we need to recognize, and, and you know, this is one of those statements where I'm going to put it up there, and you're going to be like, really, this is kind of logical. I, I got out of bed for this. But if we cannot hear the voice of the Lord, then it makes sense that we cannot follow his direction. Cultivating our ability to discern his voice should be an ongoing part of our Christian life. An ongoing part of our Christian life should be cultivating, am I listening and am I hearing from the voice of the Spirit. Can I, can I see your phone? I meant to bring my phone up here, but I'm in the habit of not doing it. You know, on your phone, you, you have a do not disturb mode. And uh, for some of us, it's easier to access than for others, but we will talk about that another time. And, uh, but you got that do not disturb mode on your phone, right? And I don't know if you turn that mode on when you go into a meeting or you go, turn that mode on on your phone when you go to bed at night and you turn do not disturb on. Somebody, you know, will text you and say, I, I hope I'm not waking you up. And I'm like, you're not waking me up. I'm D&D, baby, uh, right? <laughs> and, uh, but if you've ever walked out of that meeting or you've woke up in the morning and you didn't turn the D&D mode off, you didn't turn the do not disturb mode off on your phone, and then you don't realize it for a few hours. And then you look at your phone and you've got like, you know, 29 text messages, you know, uh, 15 of them from the same person. Where are you? Are you alive? What's going on? Right? And you look at your phone and you turn that do not disturb mode off. And then you see that. And, you know, I wonder what mode our heart is in. Like, is our, mo is our heart in a mode where if God wanted to get a message through to you that he couldn't get the message through because of whatever reason, because of all the busyness around you, because of all the voices. But if God wanted to get a message through to you, listen, if the God of the universe wanted to get a message through to you, could he get it through to you? What is the mode of our heart? Throughout our days, we need to recognize the mode that our hearts are in. Could the Lord get a message through to us? You know, it's easy to get caught up and everything that's going on in us and around us and miss the promptings of God, miss God sending a message. It's so easy to get caught up in the meal that you're eating in the restaurant. It's so easy to get caught up in how you ordered it this way, but it should be that way, that could God, maybe God sent you to that point to speak something to the server, not like some Christian kind of, kind of weirdo thing, but maybe God, I'm sorry, I just, it, it, it comes out, okay? But like where God gives you, like what if God gave you some incredible insight or some word to speak to your server in the restaurant? Maybe they need to hear encouragement. Maybe they even need to just hear, you're doing a good job. Thank you so much for doing that. And yet we're so caught up in the moment and what's going on that the God of the universe can't even get a message into us to deliver to the people that are around us. 
We, do we get so caught up in our frustrations that when God, God can't say, you need to do this thing at work, you need to, you need to do this thing for your coworker, because it's going to make all the difference. It, could, could some small act tilt the scale even toward them accepting Christ as their Savior? My guess is if I brought all of us up here this morning and had everyone share their stories about when they gave their hearts to Christ, so many of us would say it was some little thing that somebody did or some little thing that somebody said along the way, some little thing that happened that tilted the scale, turned our eyes toward God. And yet, in the moment, are we so caught up in whatever it is that's going on that our heart is in a mode of, God, do not disturb me. I'm here with this meal. God, do not disturb me. I need to get through my work day and get home. God, don't disturb me. I'm on my to-do list. And I'm going to go through the grocery store and pass all of these people. And I'm going to go through my day and go through all of these different places and, and not recognize that I might be strategically placed to speak a word or to do something small. That, but yet, I'm so tied up in what I'm doing that I'm not open to the promptings of God in my heart. And to be, to be conscious of the mode of our heart. Is your heart in a mode where you can hear from God? I just, this is part of what it means to be a Christian, is that our hearts are open and sensitive to what God might say to us moment by moment, day by day. You were not created on accident. You are created with a purpose. You are not, your steps are not ordered on accident. Your steps are ordered on purpose. How many people have we walked right by this last week that God wanted to say something to or God wanted us to do something for them, but our heart was in the mode of, oh, it's time to get this done and not that. And yet what we see consistently in the scriptures, why is Jesus walking everywhere? Why is it? Why is it after the Sermon on the Mount when like thousands of people come and listen to him, did he not build something and say, all right, we're setting up shop here and everybody's going to come here. But what did he do? First of all, he said something crazy and made half of them go home, right? You got to eat my flesh and drink my blood, right? And then a bunch of them were like deuces, right? We're going home. We're out of here, okay? But then he continued to walk. Why does he continue to walk? Because he's our example. He's our example. And what are you doing? You're walking and you're going. And what does he do? He encounters people along the way. And he begins to speak to them. And, and they have choice in that moment of whether they're going to listen to him. This, this slide, go ahead and put it up there, okay? If, if this could soak into our spirit. Our doubts are often fed by the lack of seeing God do something. Amen. But could it be that his perceived lack of activity is the product of his people continually not listening for his promptings? I mean, it, there are voices right now, right? There are voices right now. Our doubts are often fed by the lack of seeing God do something, but could it be that his perceived lack of activity is the product of his people continually not listening for his promptings? 
We can say, God didn't do this, and God didn't do that, and that person never got well, and that person never, this never happened in their lives. But could it be it's because you walked right by them time after time, so focused on something else that you couldn't hear what God was saying for you to do, the prayer for you to pray, the action that he had for you or me to do in that moment. Now, listening leads us into the next step, and that is obedience. As challenging as listening is, like listening is hard, right? Focusing is hard. There's always a distraction, right? And yet, it's the first and most important step to to what God wants to do, and that is in obedience. I, you know, when I read this story in John chapter 9, I'm just, just overwhelmed by just one thing. Jesus spit. Like, Jesus spitting, okay? And, and you got to remember, for this guy, Jesus is, he's kind of probably heard of Jesus, but I've heard of a lot of people. <laughs> and if somebody walks up and they start spitting and they start putting spit in my eye, right? I mean, I'm just, it, 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 it's something, all right? It's a moment, okay? I really, really, really wanted to get a volunteer to come up here and spit on their hands and rub spit in my eyes, Okay? But I was told by those closest to me that that was over the top, and many of you might not recover. <laughs> because, man, spitting your eyes is something. I mean, like, this, this guy can't see, but he can hear. <laughs> How much spit does it take to make dirt into mud, mud that will stick on your face? It seems like it would take a lot. And you read the Bible, and you're like, but it's Jesus. And... But your, your boy in John 9 did not know it was Jesus. There was a guy spitting, and the next thing you know, he's got it on his face. And what is your instinct in that moment, right? I mean, you know, I know he's blind, so your instinct might just be, you know, like this. But also, i got to think that your instinct is get this off of my face. And Jesus says to him in that moment, Jesus says, if you want to see Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. I'm thinking, I don't know you. And you have spit on my face. the, The pool of Siloam is not as close as the men's room in the lobby. And I am going to the men's room, and I'm going to wash it off. But here that guy was in a divine, pivotal moment. You see, he had the spit of Jesus on his face. And he could be obedient in that moment or he could choose not to be obedient in that moment. And, and I want to tell you, it's interesting because G- God is the perfect father. And, and I, I don't mean to just like throw strays here this morning, but you know there's those parents that count. And, and you hear them and you say, don't, don't let me count to three. And, and you know that the kid is going to get away with it. As soon as you hear that, you're like, that kid's going to do whatever that kid wants to do, right? It's like, one, you know, you need to stop. Two, you're not going to get a treat. Kid keeps going. They never actually get to three, and then the kid goes on doing whatever it was doing, right? Yes? God doesn't count. You get one chance on a lot of things, and you know this because you've laid in bed at night, and you've thought, I wish I had said that in that conversation, but I'm just never going to come back around again. And you know what? Here's this guy, and he's got Jesus spit on his eyes. And he's, I, I got to think that everything inside of him is, man, I got to get this off of me as soon as possible. But Jesus told me to go to a specific place and to wash. Am I going to be obedient?
And it's in that pivotal moment that you know what happens? He goes all the way to the pool of Siloam and he washes the spit off, resisting that urge the whole way. But no, I'm going to do what I'm told. And he's obedient in that moment. And, and listening is a challenge, but once you hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit, the question becomes, are you going to obey? Because spit in the eye is, is something that, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of similar to a lot of the situations that we find ourselves in. If the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, there is a great chance that you might look foolish, right? The Holy Spirit says, you need to say this to this person, and you're like, oh, no, Right? The Holy Spirit says you need to do this for this person. And there's a chance that you're going to look foolish. There's a chance that you're going to look like a weirdo Christian, right? Because you're going to go, and you're going to go with your preface. And please go with a preface, right? And please say, like, I feel like the Lord told me to do this. I might be wrong. <laughs> I, might, I might be completely missing it, but I don't want to be disobedient to the Lord. And so here's a gallon of milk, right? I don't want to be disobedient to the Lord, so here's all the money I have in my wallet. I don't want to be disobedient to the Lord, so I want to encourage you in this moment. I don't know what you're going through, but I feel like the Lord's telling me that you're going to make it and it's going to be okay. And, and guess what else? There's no guarantees that you're going to get it right every time. So you might look like a foolish weirdo Christian, right? who got it wrong and you completely swung and missed. There's, an op there's a chance that that might happen. But you know what? God is going to look at you, and even if you miss it, he's going to say, you know what? I see in them. They missed it, all right? But they were obedient. And God will honor that obedience. But are you willing to be obedient? Are you willing to listen? Are you willing, like this man with the spit in his eye, to say, you know what? I want to get it off, but I'm going to listen in this moment. And, and, and this, this message, I think, is so important because those moments come and those moments go and they never come back again. It is that pivotal moment. It is, it is the, the choice of whether you're going to pull right or left on the joystick to get out of the corner before the ghosts eat you just to bring Pac-Man back into it. And that moment comes and that moment goes and it's not going to come back. And if your heart is not in the mode to hear from God, and if once you hear from God, you're not willing to have the faith to be obedient to God, then that moment is going to pass on by. And then we're going to come. And then the doubts in our mind and our heart are going to be stirred up once again. And we're going to say, well, I don't see God doing anything. Could it be because there's, could it be because there's hundreds of us whose hearts are just in D&D &D mode with God and just are not hearing what he's prompting us to do. Could that be part of the reason that the stories of the miracles of God are not rolling and in and rolling in? Now, once you've listened and once you've been obedient, I, I want to tell you this, that the enemy doesn't like that. We have an enemy of our souls. And once we start being hearing God and being obedient to God, it's going to stir up opposition. You see, the enemy loves you distracted and doing your own thing. Too busy to hear from God moment to moment. Too skeptical to step out in an obedient act that might make you look foolish. The enemy loves that. And if you hear from the Lord and you step out in obedience to God, 
You know what? The enemy is going to come against you. What happens to this blind man who is healed? If you read the rest of John chapter 9 and you read about the blind man that is healed, you would think, oh man, he's healed. He's been blind from birth and now he's healed. Now he can see. You think it's a beautiful, powerful, incredible day for him? No. The Pharisees come and they want to know where is Jesus and and why are you healed on the Sabbath and what's happening? And they begin to threaten him. I'm going to throw you out of church. I'm going to throw your family out of church. Because you got healed on the wrong day. One of the funniest verses in Scripture, they asked the guy who was blind, they were like, who healed you and where did he go? And the guy says, I was blind. I couldn't see him. I didn't see where he went. I just did what he said, and now I can see. And the Pharisees say, we don't even believe that you're the same person. We think you're lying. You were never blind. And they bring his parents in to testify And they say, this is our son. And they're like, how did he get healed? And they're like, we don't know. We don't want thrown out of church. We don't know nothing. But you know what happens after after that opposition comes? Read, read, Read John 9. It's so great. Jesus comes back in at the end. And he tells them the story. And he's like, I did this. And you're saved. And we're good. And it's incredible, isn't it? But you need to be warned that once you start listening to God and being obedient to God, don't think things are just going to get easier. Things are going to get harder because you're going to stir up some opposition. The opposition is going to start inside of you because I want to tell you, if you've ever listened to God, self-doubt comes right into the mix immediately, right? As soon as you do that thing, you're like, oh, man, I'm an idiot. You know, as soon as you do that thing, you're thinking, well, now they're going to go to hell because they're going to think all Christians are weirdos. They're going to reject Christ. Am I the only one that thinks, these? I mean, I'm okay if I am, but I'm the only one that thinks this. I'm thinking like, if I say the wrong thing in this moment, like they're going to just reject Jesus. So instead, I, choose, I don't say anything ever, and I just walk by all these strategic opportunities that God's given me. You know, it's going to start from the outside. There's going to be a little bit of criticism. You know, why, why are you, Jason, why are you so weird all the time? You know, why, are you, why are you always talking about God said to me? And why are you always doing all this stuff? You know, there's going to be, challenges from the spiritual realm because when you start listening from God and obeying God you're going to activate these things spiritually and you're going to feel the you're going to feel and see the enemy begin to do his thing and you're going to have to lean in and say but greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world and you're going to have to wait for the angels to come right when we know the devil comes we know the demons come we see that we have to wait for the angels to come and to fight the battle and to to make progress in the spiritual realm And if you've been alive long enough, you've heard the stories of of somebody who, it took a little time, right? It took a little bit of time. It's like, well, this crazy thing happened, and that crazy thing happened, and I was a little unsure, and I was skeptical for 10 years. And then something broke, and and then I came and accepted the Lord, and now my whole family's following the Lord, and generations have changed, and will we, will we listen? Can you imagine Can you imagine if we were all living in a mode where day by day we were open to the Lord? Guys, I want to tell you this. You were not born without a purpose. That job that you have, that school that you're in, it's not without a purpose. You are passing by the steps that are ordered by God for you. You are passing by people in the grocery store, and God knows who those people are and what's going on in their heart and in their life. You are passing by people at work. 
and you are strategically in those moments. But if we were just honest with ourselves right now, would you, would you look back on this week and say, you know what, I know I've been, I can visualize my patterns and I can visualize my steps all week long and I can tell you mentally where I was at every point. I was so focused on me and so focused on the task and so focused on whatever it is I was focused on that I was not open to hearing from the Lord. And I mean, oh, like I just feel like if I had us raise our hands, it would be terrifying. It would be absolutely terrifying. If I said, raise your hand, I'm not, please don't, please don't. But if I said, raise your hand, if you think you've walked through this whole week focused on just yourself and not open for even a moment to hearing the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and I had us raise our hands, I guess, I'm just guessing we would be terrified at the number of hands that went up because it is so easy to slip into that mode of I've got so much to do and I've got so many voices and I've got so much and just zip. And the next thing you know, it's the end of another week. And it's the end of a month. And my goodness, it's already September 10th. And I look back and I say, man, how many people have I passed in the last nine months that maybe God, just just an encouraging word to them. Just something maybe easy that I could have done for them. And yet my heart wasn't open. Or maybe I felt that prompting and, and I was too scared to be obedient. Or I was obedient, and then, man, everything started hitting me, and I'm like, whoa, I'm not going to do that again. But what would it look like if we were all listening to the Spirit, operating in obedience? Man, you know what's going to happen in just a few minutes? Like, I'm going to pray this prayer, and you're going to scatter. And tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up, and you're going to be everywhere in this city. And what if everywhere in this city there was somebody whose heart, part of it, was saying, God, speak to me in this moment. If you've got anything for me to say today, God, this might just be a normal day, but God, this might be a pivotal moment today. I might pass somebody. And you can imagine the hundreds of people here in this room, the people listening online, wherever you are, you're in there. And God's speaking to you. And God bringing you a pivotal moment that could have an impact for all of eternity. Guys, we need to be prepared for these pivotal moments. We need to be open to these pivotal moments. Are you living in a mode where you are listening for the promptings of the Holy Spirit and willing to step out in faith and obey? Can we stand together this morning? If this is something that you want, listen, we don't, we don't have a whole lot of time, but and, and I'm respectful of that, and, and I know we're good, so... But if this is something you want and you say, you know what, I need this, I, I, I have not, I've just been going about my routine and I have not been open, I want you to just step out just, just right now, just to, to practice being obedient and just step out and just come forward and just stand before the Lord in this place and just say, God, I want to be open to what you're speaking to me day by day and moment by moment. God, I don't want to pass by another opportunity. Lord, if I can speak into somebody, I want to speak into them. God, if I can do something that's in my power to do, God, that can influence them, that can point them to you. God, I want to do that. Just open your heart. Open your your mind to the Lord this morning. Confess to him that you have been so tied up in your own affairs that you have not been listening. And in this moment, 
it, just tell him right now, God, I want to listen. God, I want to be open. God, I see you, and I know, Lord, that you're alive. God, that you speak to us by your spirit that is inside our hearts. And God, I want to listen. God, I want to be obedient. Lord, I want, God, this prompting. Lord, give me the strength to obey. Give me the wisdom to obey, God. Lord, show me, Lord, these things. Lead me into all truth by your spirit, Father. God, we rejoice in who you are. We bless you, God. And we ask, God, to be your servants. Lord, as you send us strategically into the places where we are, God, that is not just by chance. It's not just to earn a living. It's not just because of what school district we happen to live in. But God, we are there, Lord, because you have a purpose and you have a plan. Lord, may we see that. May we buy into that, Lord. Will you use us for your glory and for your kingdom? God, I pray that we wouldn't get to heaven and look back and see all of those divine moments that we passed by, those pivotal moments that we passed by because our hearts were closed to you. But God, that we would see, Lord, the ways that you led us, the ways, God, that we spoke life in those situations, those small things that we did that became big things because, God, they were you leading us. Lord, may your anointing and your hand rest upon us, God. We worship you and we bless your name. Father, I pray your blessing, Lord, on each and every person in this room. God, each of us, each of those watching online today, Lord, would you have your hand upon each and every one of us, Lord, so that there would be a peace upon us, Lord, that passes understanding. God, as we are close to you and listening to you, that there would be peace, God, just radiating out of us to the point, Lord, where people around us would come and they would say, what's different about you? And our answer will be, it's Jesus. He's given me peace. He's given me direction. Today, he's given me direction. And he's guiding and he's leading me. Lord, I thank you for this peace. And God, we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Peace be with you. Lord bless you today. Amen and amen.